Hey, if you have your Bibles, let's look in the book of Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27. And I'm going to start in verse 33. Uh, we're going to read about the crucifixion story. Obviously, it's fitting because it's the story of Easter. But I think there's some things that we can pull out of the story that my prayer today would be that it helps you in your day-to-day life. Uh, Matthew 27, verse 33. It says this. It says, They came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. There they offered Jesus wine to drink mixed with gall as he's being crucified. Other translations say that it was because it's for the pain. But after tasting it, Jesus refused to drink it. Verse 35 says, When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes, and sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Two rebels were also crucified with him, one on his right and the other on his left. The Bible says that those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads, saying, You who were going to destroy the temple and build it back in three days, look at you. Save yourself. Come down from that cross if you're really the Son of God. In the same way, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders mocked him, saying, He saved others, but he can't save himself. He's the King of Israel. Let him come down from the cross, and we'll believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants, for for he said, I'm the Son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also helped heap insults on him. Aren't you the Messiah? If you're the Messiah, if you're really God, why don't you save yourself and us? From noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, followed by a phrase which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When some of those standing there heard this, they said, He must be calling Elijah. Immediately, one of them ran up with a sponge. He filled it with vinegar, put it on a staff, and offered it to Jesus to drink. The rest said, now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to save him. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, the Bible says that he gave up his spirit. Do you remember the first thing that maybe you ever wanted to be when you grew up? We all have these things. Like when you're in grade school, you get asked the question, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? Some people would say, you know, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a police officer. I want to do this or I want to do that. It's funny how life goes, though, because very few of us, like there's very few of us in this room that have become the very thing that we initially desire to be. I remember being in grade school. And one of the first things that I can remember ever wanting to be, I thought maybe I could be a professional baseball player. Well, it didn't take very long to realize that this wasn't the path for me. Uh, my, my parents put me in Little League. It wasn't even honestly Little League. It was T-ball. And when you're striking out in T-ball, you pretty much know probably not the, probably not the sport for you. I can remember uh, warming up with, with uh, you know, people that we were playing with, and we'd be throwing the baseball. And, and, and one day, like, my mitt didn't make it. Uh, in front of the ball fast enough, the ball hit me square in the nose, like blood is gushing out of my nose. I'm like, I quit. Like, this sucks. Like, I don't want to be a professional baseball player uh, anymore. I remember my dad pulling me aside, obviously trying to build character in me, telling me you can't quit on your team. If you want uh, to quit, then you're going to have to wait till the season's over. And so, of course, I finished the season out, but I bet your bottom dollar, I quit T-ball after that. Like, I gave up uh, on that dream. Uh, just, just wasn't the route for me. We all have things like that. Do you remember the, the, the very first thing that you wanted to be? Do you remember the reason that you gave up on it? Do you remember the reason that you said, you know what, I I don't think that I'm actually going to to, to follow through with that. It's funny because this concept of giving up, it's something that nobody really likes to talk about. We'll we'll kind of give code words for it. We'll say things about it. Like, I'm not giving up. I'm just using wisdom. I've just lived and I've learned, right? Like we say things like that. But but really, in essence, what we're talking about is is we're giving up. We're, we're, We're throwing in the towel. 
And the reason that we throw in the towel is because we all encounter something universally alike. And we encounter this idea of limitation. In other words, we, we, we encounter something that tells me because of this limitation, I don't think that I can achieve that. I don't think that I can get there. I don't think I can become that. This isn't always a bad thing. In fact, there's certain things that are actually good. When we give up on certain things, when you give up on addiction or you give up on bad behavior issues or you give up on character flaws, man, you actually pave a way for your kids and your families to become something that maybe they could have never been able to, to become on their own. There's good things that you should give up. The challenge in life, though, is is most of us aren't giving up the good things. Most of us are giving up on things that we actually shouldn't be giving up on. We give up on our dreams. We give up on our relationships. We give up on, you know, we we thought maybe one day we would be able to be financially stable. We give up on relationship reconciliation with family members. We give up on politics. We give up on our world. We give up oftentimes on ourselves. And the reason that we give up is because we encounter limitations, the things that I'm not, the abilities that I don't have, the money that I don't have to get into the school that I wanted to get into, the, 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 the intellect that I don't have to be able to have the vocational life or start the business, the courage that I don't have to forge away in the midst of adversity. This idea of limitation oftentimes causes us to throw in the towel. This becomes difficult because... The things that you throw the talent on, it ultimately determines your destiny. You ever thought about like how you ended up here? My dad tells this story about how uh, my, my mom, when my dad like was wanting to date my mom, my mom was in love with this turkey farmer. And like my dad became really concerned that he wasn't going to be able to marry the woman of his dreams because she loved this turkey farmer. And it's funny because you, 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 think, you think about this. I'm so glad my mom gave up on this turkey farmer because I wouldn't be here today if she didn't give up on the turkey farmer. You ever thought about like all of the decisions that had to be made for you to end up here? Like, have you ever thought about everything that had to fall into the place? The people that had to, for many of us, push through adversity, push through lack of financial resource, push through uh, cultural standards or the opinions of others in order to get to this position that we find ourselves today. The things that we decide to, to forge on and the things that we decide to give up on, they ultimately, they ultimately matter. When I give up on things in myself, I don't just limit myself, I limit the people around me. When I give up on the people around me, I'm not just giving up on the people around me. A lot of times I'm limiting myself. I've talked about this a lot lately because it's this whole idea that a lot of us want really great lives. A lot of us even come through the context of faith and we pray to God for really great things. But everything good that's ever going to happen in your life is going to come through the context of some sort of relationship. Do you understand that? Like you may want a great, great job, but somebody has to hire you. Right? Like you, you may want to be financially stable, but that money has to come from somewhere. How can I learn in life to not give up on myself? How can I learn in life not to give up on the people around me? How can I learn in life not to give up on the things that matter so that ultimately every single one of us in this place, the same thing that we're looking for, for our lives to count, for our lives to matter, that I can be fulfilled, that I can feel like my existence matters when I'm, when I'm done with my days on earth, that somebody would know that I was here. How do I have that? That kind of life. If I'm going to have that kind of life, I'm going to have to learn to stop giving up on the wrong things. 
you, you look at this story of, of, of Jesus. Ultimately, it's the story of Christianity. Ultimately, it's the story of the crucifixion. But there is so much more going on here. Jesus is a man who's lived his life blamelessly. Jesus is a man who is perfect. He's so much different than you and I. We have our flaws. We have things in our life that we know we're not perfect. We don't have it all together. But Jesus had it all together. And even though Jesus had it all together in this text, he still has people giving up on him. This goes to show me that no matter how perfect you are, no matter how qualified you are, no matter the status that you have or the money that you have or the fame that you have or the accolades that you have, did you know that in your journey it will never be enough to cause people to rally around you and never give up on you? You're going to experience things in life that always aren't fair, that you can't always understand. If Jesus had people betray him, give up on him, throw in the towel on him, we're going to experience it too. So how do I keep that keeping me from having the life that I desire. I think in this story, we see three major limitations that actually cause people to throw in the towel. And I think these three limitations are the same motivating factors that most of the times, whether it be in relationships, whether it be in our finances, whether it be as it pertains to our future, I think if we're honest, these are also the same reasons that we throw in the towel. The first group of people that that go by, the Bible says, are the people that are just passing by. And their whole reason of giving up on Jesus, they say to him, you know, we've been seeing the good things that you've been doing, the miracles that you've been working. You're a good, good guy, man. You've, you've done a lot, but, 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 but here's, here's, here's what they say. You said something a little bit ago. You said that you would destroy the temple and in three days raise it up again. And here you stand on a cross. If you're on a cross, there's no way you're going to be able to do the things that you said. I'm going somewhere with this. A lot of times... That we, the reason we give up on certain things in life is because, is, is because when, when, it, when it comes down to it and we look at our life, we look at the people around us, when we look at ourselves, people aren't always to deliver the, able to deliver the things that they promise. This, this is a reason that we give up on, on people a lot. You said you would do one thing, but you're not able to do that, so I'm out. You said that you would be there for me whenever I needed you, but when I needed you the most, you turned your back on me. You, you said that you would love me forever, but now that somebody else came along that meets different emotional needs that I'm not meeting, you've turned your back on me and you've given up on me. So I'm going to give up on you because you promised something that you can't come through, that you can't do. This is in essence what they're saying to Jesus. This is this whole issue. If we, if we really kind of, kind of break it down, this is what we're talking about. Hardship. Hardship is this whole concept that things didn't go according to plan. You ever had something in your life that didn't go according to plan? <laughs> I thought that my relationships were going to look like this, but they didn't. I thought that maybe if I worked hard enough and if I stacked my chips and if I made a lot of, mo- a lot of money that I could have that life. But here I woke up and here's, here's, here's where I ended up. I'm talking about hardship. I, I didn't never intended that I would go through that as a child. How could have I have predicted that I would be abused and that abuse wouldn't just be something that I went through, but it would become my identity that I could never, could never escape. What am I talking about? I'm talking about hardship and hardship will cause you to turn your back, to throw it to throw the towel in on people that you actually need in your life to get you to the place that you desire to be. Heart, hardship will cause you to give up on yourself in, in times that, that you shouldn't be given up on yourself. Why? Because I've tried and it doesn't seem like I actually have what it takes. It will cause you to doubt yourself when it seems like you're trying to move forward. And every time you take one step forward, it feels like you're taking three steps back. It's funny, these guys are, are giving up on Jesus because he had promised to destroy the temple in 
raise it back up in three days. But, but Jesus really wasn't just talking about the temple. Jesus was talking in a type and a shadow, a picture. He was talking about his body, the temple, the story of the crucifixion. He, he, he would give up his body, and in three days, that temple would be resurrected. What, what am I getting at? Sometimes the life that you're looking for is actually hidden in your hardship. They thought that Jesus was talking about one thing, but Jesus was actually talking about another thing. Sometimes in your journey, you find out what you were supposed to be when you endure things that you don't understand. Understand. When you pull up your bootstraps and you square your shoulders and even that doesn't feel like it. And even though I don't feel good and even though I don't understand, I'm going to push through the pain because sometimes, sometimes what? Sometimes the thing that you're looking for out of life is actually hidden in the hardship. Sometimes God wants to use your story of depravity and shame and brokenness. And I don't even know why I went through this, but God wants to use it to turn it around, to actually give you a platform to, to help influence other people and give people hope. People that are broken and sitting in dark. What am I saying? Just because times are hard doesn't mean you should throw in the towel. Sometimes when things are hard, we got to be determined in our life that I'm going to keep going. I think about people like Walt Disney. You ever been to Disney World, Disneyland? You see the magic. You see all this. You look at these people got a lot of money. How are they doing this every single day? Did you know that Walt Disney was turned down 302 times trying to get finance for Walt Disney World? Can you? Okay. So can you stop and think about this? Walt Disney, before there was Disney. I just have a dream. I just have a dream that maybe if we can get people inspired around magic again, just thinking that maybe there's more to life than just their mundane jobs, and maybe they can, they can have joy in the midst of, midst of hard times. And I, I have this dream. If we do these things, maybe we could help people just get a little bit of joy back in their life. Do you think you could fund it and finance it? No. So that's one no. If it's one no, I'm like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing that. Maybe there's another. Could you imagine 302 times? What am I saying? Sometimes the life that you're looking for is hidden in hardship. Some of us, people experience so many incredible things through, through the work of his hands, and they're so glad that he didn't give up on the dream. I think about people like Howard Schultz, who, who started Starbucks. He was turned down by 217 investors. Starbucks! The place that we spend money every day. Like, what would we do without Starbucks, right? Like, where do we get our coffee? <laughs> the best part of waking up. Wait, do you remember? Some of you don't even remember. Some of you don't even remember where we got our coffee. Folgers in your cup, right? Hey. <laughs> Starbucks. Turned down by 217 investors. Starbucks is now worth over, over $85 billion. I'm here to encourage somebody today. You may be going through a hard time. You may not see light at the end of the tunnel, but it's not over. Don't throw in the towel. Man, because it's, it's not just you that's dependent upon it. There's people around you. Think about all the jobs that this, this is, that, that this has given people, the way that it's actually pushed culture forward. Not just him, not just these people. What am I saying? Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel just because you don't understand the pain that you're going through in your relationships. Maybe there is light at the end of the tunnel. And maybe what you're looking for is actually hidden in your hardship. Hidden in your hardship. Don't give up when you're desperate. Don't give up in times where you feel overwhelmed by relational trauma or distress. The second group of people were not just people passing by. The Bible says that they were religious people. They were the educated. They were people who walked by, and here's the statement that they made to Jesus. Jesus, we believed in you, but now we're out because it seems like you were able, able to save everybody else, but you can't save yourself. What, what, what is their reason for bailing out? Jesus, it doesn't seem like you can practice the thing that you preach. I think a lot of times we, we come up against the li this limitation and we throw in the towel because it seems like the people around us can't practice the thing that they preach. There's nothing more that Americans hate more than hypocrisy. 
And it's the weirdest thing because we are entertained by it every single day. Like, have you noticed, like, on television and news, this is the thing that we find ourselves talking about all the time. What scandal happened? They did what? Did you hear what so-and-so did and what came out on, on, on somebody? And we hate it and we talk about it and we gossip about it. And did you hear? And have you, am I the only one, though, that finds themselves in times where you're talking about what so-and-so did, but in the back of your mind, you're like, wait a minute, I did that before, too. Like, I know. What am I doing talking about them? Huh? It's funny because these guys are throwing in the towel on Jesus because of what they see as his hypocrisy. You can save everybody else, but you can't save yourself. I mean, isn't this why we give up on each other? Because you said you would do one thing, but you can walk the walk, but it doesn't seem like you can talk the talk. You're all talk. You're all talking at the same time. If we're really, really honest and here, here's just getting really real on Easter morning. We all are hypocritical in some way, shape or form. We all, Why? Why? Because we all have things. Here's really what it is. Here's what hypocrisy is. We all have things that we know to do that we're not doing. We, we, we've, we've read all of the books. We've read all of the scriptures. We know the standards. We know things that we... Do you ever get discouraged and even give up on yourself in life because you think, yeah, the re, I just get so down because I already know what I should be doing. It just seems like I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I, can't, I can't seem to get things working in my life. Man, if I'm going to push forward to be the person that I'm going to be, if I'm going to not give up on other people, if I'm not going to get up on myself, I'm going to learn to have to... I'm going to have to learn to see hypocrisy right and not throw in the towel every single time that it seems like somebody's not measuring up to something that they preach. We all have things in our life that have fallen short. We don't have it all together. I think it's interesting though, because a lot of times it's so much easier to overlook our own hypocrisy rather than it is to overlook hypocrisy in somebody else. Like just, just, just like think about that. Isn't that, isn't that so true? I mean, isn't, isn't that the truth? I, I, I get frustrated when you say you're going to do something and then you don't do it. But if I say something I'm, I'm going to do and then I don't do it, it's like, well, but you know, I know my heart. I know my intentions. That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. You know, you got to know my heart. You got to know my heart. But we don't want to know the other person's heart. We don't know. You know, it doesn't matter what you meant to do. It's what you did, right? Like that's the, that's the message we preach to everybody else. I think it's a lot of times it's easy to overlook our own hypocrisy. Number one, think about this. I think it's important that we think about this because we understand it. Because I know what it's like to be me. I, I, know, I know my intentions. I, 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 and I think if we're going to be, be able to come together as the human race, as believers, as Christians, as people move, trying to move our lives forward in this earth, we're going to have to learn, man, that we can't allow things to divide us. We're going to have to learn that it is not our perfection that brings us together. We're going to have to learn that it's not our religious preferences or our political preferences that bring us together. We're going to have to learn that it is actually our brokenness that brings us together. The fact that I am imperfect and you are imperfect and I have things wrong and you have things wrong. It is our bro- brokenness that places us in the family of humanity. It's our brokenness that makes you my brother and you my sister. I think another reason it's easy for us to overlook hypocrisy in ourselves is, is because we're actually terrified to admit it. I mean, I, I've grown up in the church and there's nothing that is, that has grieved me more than to see people like we say, like, you know, be vulnerable, be open, talk about what you're going through. And then it's funny because the second people do that, everybody looks at those people differently. I I think if we're honest, we're terrified to even talk or acknowledge our own hypocrisy. Because if I do, I'm not actually afraid that I'll disappoint you. It's so much deeper than that. I don't want to talk about, not just because I don't want to disappoint you. My real worry is that I'll disappoint you so bad past the point of, 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 of me giving up on myself. I'll disappoint you so bad that maybe you'd give up on me. 
There is no greater pain. And some of you know what this is like to feel like somebody else has given up on you. I think in our world, this is why we go to great lengths to portray perfection when we know that we're broken and dying inside. I think this is why we hide behind social media. I think this is why we hide behind pretty pictures and acting like our families have it all together. Not because we don't want to be real and don't want to be vulnerable, but we're terrified that if I show my real colors, you might give up on me. Man, if if we're going to be people that are able to close the chasm between where we're at and where we want to be, to set our limitations aside and not give up on things we shouldn't be giving up on, we're going to have to be able to look a little bit higher than the things that we're up against. You see, this whole picture that, that we're talking about here, where they're telling Jesus that you saved everybody else, but you can't save yourself. They think that Jesus is not saving himself because he couldn't. But Jesus isn't not saving himself because he couldn't. Jesus is not saving himself because he wouldn't. Why? Jesus is working on a bigger picture. And sometimes in life, you have to realize when it comes to setting aside, man, this judgmental accusational spirit, sometimes there's a bigger picture. What am I talking about? Life is not about being right. Life is not about showing what I know and what you know and how right you are because we're all wrong about something. If we can lay aside our differences and unite under the fact that maybe, man, we all have things in our life that we're, that, that we're, that we're not right about. And if there's a bigger picture, there's a bigger thing at play. There's a bigger scope. I think you can push on to be the people that you were really designed to be. The last group of people that Jesus was, uh, that were giving up on Jesus was the people that were being crucified with them. And it's a really striking contrast because Jesus, as the Bible tells the story, he was a perfect man who had it all together being crucified among criminals. And these criminals, think about this. These criminals are giving up on Jesus. And here's, what the, here's, here's, here's the wording they use when, when they give up on him. They say, aren't you the Messiah? Aren't you God? If you're God, why don't you save us? I think the first thing that most of the time causes us to throw into the towel, whether it be on ourselves or, or in our relationships, is this idea of hardship. Secondly, I think it's hypocrisy. Third, I think it's hopelessness. I think it's this, I, I just, I don't know where to go from here. I don't see light at the end of the tunnel. I don't think that I can go on. This is, this is really what these people are saying. If God can't even fix this. If, if you're God, why don't you do something about it? It's one thing to give up on yourself. And it's one thing to give up on each other. You know, if I'm really real and honest with you this morning, and I want you to th- consider it. I think the reason that we give up on each other... And I think the reason that we give up on ourselves is ultimately because somewhere along our journey, we learn to give up on God, which, which means what there is. I I gave up on the idea that maybe there was something greater than what is. So now I have to carry the pressure of, I have something to prove. I got to show the world. I got to, I got to take care of myself because nobody's going to take care of me. When I give up on the idea of God, I'm put in a position where I will, I, I will more likely give up on myself and those around me. Haven't you ever found yourself in the same position as these men that are being crucified with Jesus? If you're God, why don't you do something about it? If God's real, man, why doesn't he do something about stuff down here? Am I the only one who's ever been there? God, if you're real, why are babies dying of cancer? God, if you're real and if you really care, why is there war? And why is there tribulation? God, and why is there divorce? And why is there abuse? God, why are there all these kinds of things? If you care, if you're real, why don't you do something about it? 
You see, these, these, these guys that are being crucified with Jesus, they, they've given up on God. And the reason that they've given up on God is honestly the reason most of us give up on God. Because they don't understand. I can't intellectualize how God, if he's good, and God, if he's real, why he wouldn't do something about these situations down here. And I have found myself, I've been raised in church, and yet I find myself, because I can't understand certain things about God or religion, questioning, is this stuff even real? Is this stuff even true? And here's, here's kind of like the idea that I kind of help myself begin to see. Do, do, you, do you believe in, in, in the wind? You would say yes. I would say, why, well, why do you believe in the wind? You can't see the wind. You would say, but I can, I, I can feel the wind. Okay, so you believe in the wind because you can feel the wind. My next question to you would be, do you understand the wind? Do you understand how it works? Do you understand what makes wind? Most of us would say, no. So you don't understand how wind works, yet you believe in it. And you'd say, why? You, why? Because you say, because I've, I've, I've experienced it. Did you know that God is kind of like this? There's so many things about God that I don't understand, that you don't understand. The Bible actually talks about this. It says that his ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. Just because you don't understand doesn't mean that you should give up on the whole idea and concept that there is somebody out there that created you, that loved you, that's fighting for you. Why? When, when you shut the door on, on just, just, just the, uh, the openness that maybe there's more, Man, you create a burden that you were not built to handle. This is why I think most of our world and our society is depressed and stressed out and anxious and we're having to medicate and we're having to try to, to and sometimes we don't medicate with drugs and alcohol. Sometimes we medicate with fame. Sometimes we medicate with relationships. Sometimes we medicate with things that should be good in our lives, but we're looking for things to meet a need. Just because you don't understand doesn't mean that God isn't real. Can I tell you something? You've experienced God more than you think. You think that you got here on your own. There's been a God who's been watching out for you when you weren't looking out for yourself. You think about Think about your journey. Think, think about your journey. Think about all the people that turned their back on you and you still got here. You think it's because of your hustle and your works and how good? No, God's been looking out for you when you weren't looking out for yourself. When you didn't even consider him to be a reality, man, he was chasing you and he was working in the midst of your relationships. I look at people and say, I don't think that there's a God. I'm like, have you seen the mountains? Have you seen how humans make humans and out of a blob like arms grow and hair grows and head? How does that happen? If you don't believe in God, you certainly have a whole lot more faith than I do. Because when I look at the moon and the sky and the heavens and the earth and the water, I can't help but believe that there's somebody out there. I may not understand. It. I may not be able to explain it all, but there's been things in my life. There's been moments where my body has had goosebumps and I thought, wow, man, that seemed like a close call where I felt something in my chest. And I said, man, I don't know what this is, but it leads me to believe that there's something that's greater than me. I'm here to encourage somebody today. You may, you may not be ready to, to get all in with this God stuff, but don't you dare close the door. I think sometimes all God needs is just, God, I don't know, but I'm open to it. And if you're real, would you meet me where I'm at? I don't want to be a person like these people who are being crucified along Jesus that say, God, if you're real, why don't you know? God, instead, I'm going to choose to believe even when I can't understand because I know I don't understand everything. I find it super fascinating the way this text wraps up. It ends with, by, by saying something, it's really the, 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 the essence of, of, of what I'm, I'm, I'm uh, talking about this morning. It says this in verse 50. And when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, 
Hear, hear, hear the words. It says, he gave up his spirit. What? You see, we're talking about this morning about not giving up, not giving up on, 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 the, on, the, on the things we shouldn't give up on. And yet I read in this text, it says, when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. I, I thought, I thought they, I, Jesus, I thought they killed you. I thought they took away your life. And now I'm reading that you act, you, you, Jesus, you gave up your spirit. Jesus, you, you, you throw, you threw, you threw in the towel. Yeah. Why? Je- Jesus, why would Jesus throw in the towel? Je- Jesus, did you throw in the towel because you couldn't make it through the hardship? Je- Jesus, did you throw in the towel because you couldn't deal with the hypocrisy? Jesus, did you throw in the towel because you couldn't, you couldn't, couldn't, couldn't handle the hopelessness any longer? No. No, Jesus didn't throw in the towel because he couldn't handle it. Jesus threw the towel in because he knew that you couldn't handle it. He knew that on your own, you would be victims to hardship and you would be victims to hypocrisy and you would be victims to hopelessness. How could it be that simple? I don't get it. I don't understand it all, but I choose to believe it because Christianity for me, folks, is the only faith that makes a little bit of sense that I don't have to perform to get to some God up in heaven to accept me, that God accepts me just as I am that God loved me so much for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believed in him would not perish but would have everlasting life that doesn't sound like religion to me that sounds like the best news ever you know why because I know me And I'm tired of carrying the pressure of what I have to prove. And I'm tired of carrying the pressure of having to hold my life together. Aren't you tired of it too? What if? What if you did need to give up? But what if you don't need to give up because of hardship? What if you don't need to give up because of hypocrisy? What if you don't need to give up because of hopelessness? What if you actually need to give those things up? What if I need to give up the power of hardship that keeps me from pressing on to the future that I'm supposed to have? What if I need to give up the power of hypocrisy that causes me to judge one another instead of realizing that we're so much better together? What if I need to give up hopelessness and realize that I may be broken and I may not understand, but don't sleep on me because I'm not done yet. And the God who made me is not done working within me. And I believe the work that he started, he will, he will finish. I don't know where you find yourself today. I don't know what you're up against today, but I do believe that we believe in a God can't rationalize it all. That's why it's faith. That's why it's faith. I believe in something that I cannot see. I believe in something that ways are higher, thoughts are higher. I would much rather believe and be wrong than not believe and be wrong. I'd much rather live my life looking for more and believing that there could be more for me in this present day and age, in this present life, than to allow myself to continue to throw in the towel and limit myself from everything that I desire to become and limit other people from everything that they were supposed to become when I got involved in their life. I don't know where you find yourself today, but across this room, would you bow your heads and you close your eyes? What I believe is what the Bible says. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. It seems super simple. I get it. I get it almost seems too simple. 
But I've seen what God can do. We don't make up these stories. I've seen what God can do in lives like Corey Jacob. It's not a made-up story. It's, trans, it's life transformation. People can't do that. You can't just make that stuff happen. There's something out there that's bigger than us that's been working on our behalf. And we can't fit him into a box. You can't fit him into religion. You can't fit him into your ideology. You can't fit him into all your worries. And you can't fit him into all of your concerns. And I want to dare you today to maybe make the decision to believe in something that's bigger than yourself. Do you believe that you're just a person occupying a space in a system? What if there's more? What if there was a real you on the inside? And what if you were destined for something more than just making money and accolades and having things and having relationships and experiencing? things? What if there was a destiny on your life? What if there was a purpose? What if there was a purpose for the fame and a purpose for the money and a purpose for the accolades and a purpose for the relationships? What if God wanted to use you to change the world upside down? The Bible says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, we say, I believe in eternity. I believe that we spend forever somewhere, heaven or hell. I, I believe what the Bible says. And I want to give you an opportunity to place your faith in something greater than you. To where you're not the one driving the ship. I choose to trust in something bigger. And if you're not ready to make that decision, man, I'm not going to try to talk you into it. I believe if you're ready to make that decision today, that your heart compels you to do so. So what I'm going to ask everybody to do is just lift your voice and pray this prayer with me. We're going to pray it out loud because I believe, like I said, we're a family and nobody's going to pray alone. So at every campus, would you lift your voices and just pray this message? Would you say this? Would you say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart. I say out of my mouth, you're the son of God. I choose to believe that you lived for me. I choose to believe that you died for me. I choose to believe that you came back from the dead for me. Today, I call you my Savior, and I make you my Lord. And Jesus, I just ask you to help. Help me to live the life that you made me to live. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it. Amen. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus.